Hello and welcome to another podcast from The Practical Medium, and I'm Michelle, your Practical Medium, who is still joined by her air conditioner in the other room. And I'm just reminding people of that and telling people who may not have listened before, that's unfortunately a noise I can't eliminate. I see it show up on the, um, the audio uh, analyzer, on the registers, so it's something that's there and I just want people who are listening to be aware that it's nothing technological on their end. It is on my end and unfortunately, as I said, I have to live with it. Um, so quick update, if you could call it an update on the last podcast about my uncle passing. And there really isn't much of one except for the fact that I did finally have to ev- evict him from my space because he was getting nasty with me about something. and. It, uh, which is totally in character and not unexpected. So it's not like I'm all of a sudden got somebody who was a sweetheart in life turning, you know, showing me their true colors. No, he's the same person in death and he was in life. And he was leaning on me, pressing on me too hard to get his message across. And I was actually getting physical pain. Now, I've mentioned I have tried general neurology in the past. I am sure somewhere. And in this instance, the way that the, what happened when he leaned on me is I would, the pain started behind my eardrum traveled down the my neck and went down the center line of my shoulder to about midway to the end. So it hurt like hell. And when that happens, I'm kind of struck dumb. I can't move too easily because the pain almost is almost paralytic. And yeah, so it's at that point, I'm like, you know, we can't do this. I can't have a civil conversation with you. You're being a jerk and you're causing me pain and you're driving me nuts in my mind as it is. So we're done. We're done. That's it. Bye-bye. The things, actions have to take their course here as they will. I have no influence. Goodbye. Piss off. And I shut him out because I didn't want to deal with that. It, that side of the family is dysfunctional to begin with. Putting the fun in dysfunctional, as the saying goes. And it wasn't anything, you know, as I said, unexpected from him. I just didn't expect it to show up in that kind of manner and in terms of causing me pain. And so that situation is closed out. My family's handling the legalities and, you know, seeing, seeing to the closure of his life. And that's all there is to it. I've, I'm so distanced from it, doesn't even really affect me. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to get started on tonight's topic, which is part two of the paranormal investigators and their role in our lives. Now, the, what I did, I did a lot of sidetracking and I didn't. I realized as I was doing that, I'm going, you know, there needs to be context for this for people to understand where I'm going. So this is what I'm going to do today is provide you context with um, what happens between with paranormal investigators and what they're overlooking, I guess you could say, when they are hunting the dead. And I'm going to go back and forth between paranormal investigators and ghost hunters just because uh, sometimes my tongue doesn't want to put out the a longer word and that's all there is to it i'm not insulting on anybody with by saying ghost hunters because they are they're ghost hunters let's you know let's call a spade a spade anyway so here is what ghost hunters paranormal investigators do they go into they, they they follow a story they are like an investigative journalist who is got a lead and it's a hot lead even though the person's been dead for god knows how long um and they want to find out more about this person and they want to see if they can interact with them and if they're going to get a reaction out of them and what kind of information they can find out what can they put on the can you know put on film 
it, that that's what they do and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that however they do tend to miss a mark by a wide mile in that they're looking for people that may have moved on the why you know some people will stay in a location for for hundreds of years but most move on eventually because there's nothing there to keep them uh, keep them back and you also have entities now they don't mimic or mock or imitate any of that the, the living people that were there it's just not something they can do and I will probably get to that in another episode again another sidetrack to explain why but let's just put, let's just put this at face value right now that the dead people are not being imitated by something that's never been human it's because something that's never been human cannot imitate a human it's kind of a simple explanation but that's for this purposes of this broadcast of this podcast and um so they're going to these places because like i said they have they they want to investigate they want to see who's there they want to find out what's uh who's shown up who's going to show up rather who's going to go want to be on camera and you know that's how it works but when you go to a place that has had a lot of activity does not mean that the person you are looking for is going to be there and maybe if they're still not reincarnated or if they're, they're just still hanging around close to earth you know that they're going to show up for a cameo that's their choice you do oftentimes more often than not have somebody who will not let go of a property and that's ex- and living there and will make the livings the, the the physical people the living people's lives miserable yes that's absolutely a thing and they will you know the ghost the parent the ghost adventures <sighs> i screwed up again the paranormal investigators do pick up on these things they do occasionally hit dirt and or hit pay dirt and strike gold and that's not to say that they're on the wrong track or they're on the wrong um method of investigating there is no one right way it's just best practices and you know so but you don't they don't always have the results that they would like because the the stories outlast the entity the person the stories are passed down for generations and they become legend and lore and they become almost written in stone and but that story lasts however the ability the, the desire of somebody to stick in a place and hang around is minimal um it's like you you just get tired of the same old crap day in and day out why are you going to stick around and especially in some cases a lot of times an angry evil asshole in life will be that way in death as i mentioned with my uncle and they don't they're afraid to move on they don't want to move on because they've lived such a, they've been such a negative person in life that to cross over to them they think that they're going to go to hell because they don't realize there is no hell and there is only love and that somebody always has somebody for them waiting on the other side nobody is ever alone so they they don't they they take a lot of convincing however and they will stay here and affect the physical world as best as they can the way they think they need to and to screw with the living when the living doesn't do what they think they should do you know control freaks all that all that lovely stuff and so you are going to be if if a paranormal investigator will run into those people that have not left yet but in some cases the 
person has left. They have moved on. And nature abhors a vacuum. That's a saying. And it's very true of anything that has to do where a gap is left and something needs to fill it. The spirit world is no different. So they also abhor a vacuum. So when one jerkwad leaves, another one will be happy to take their place and screw with the living because that's what they do. They screw with the living, they screw with the dead, they make their lives miserable, they try to control freak on them. Although it's much harder to control freak on a dead person than it is on a living, so they like to play with the living. And so imagine, you're like, oh, I'll pull one out of my head that's coming to mind. Um, the, 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 the Old West, like a lot of Old West towns, have a lot of residents that never moved on. You have a lot of people who were just absolute pieces of crap in terms of personality because that's what the Old West attracted. Greedy people, people looking to make a buck on everybody, on the back of someone else. You had, um, you know, you have a lot of, um, I've read a theory that after the Civil War, a lot of soldiers who had no prospects, no farms to go back to or no life to go back to, went out to the West and took their PTSD cells out there as well. So you have a, you know, have a certain sections of the West are hot messes and people don't move on when they should. So they stick around and they turn places kind of upside down. So this is why I'm going to the mental image of a uh, wild west town that's now like a tourist town. Um, you know, like Carson City, Nevada is one that I'm familiar with because of the show, but there are plenty of others. Even Deadwood, Colorado is a place that's, I'm sure, very active. So I'm going to go into this imagery. Think of an old-time saloon that's been beautifully put back together, and it is um, wonderful to be in because it looks like you walked into, you know, 1875 when you go inside, 150, almost 150 years ago now. And the place is being haunted, and there's somebody who's physical, who's got enough physical strength to throw pans at the, at the cooking staff and pinch the bottoms of the waitresses or slam doors when they're pissed off. That may not necessarily be somebody who once owned the place or managed the place or lived there, what, take your pick. That person who did that stuff when they were alive may have moved on after having their fill of screwing with the living and somebody else with the same mindset moved in and started doing the same thing. Because, you know, we talk about, like on Reddit, you hear people doing negative, nasty things and we say people suck all the time. And it's because people do uh, not want to rise above that, that part of themselves to be a better person because it's easier to be a jerk in their mind. And it's not, there is no shortage of jerks to take the place when another jerk leaves. So the follow-up person who comes in is not the person that the paranormal investigators are looking for, but they don't know that. They don't necessarily know that because they're not sensitives or psychics. They don't have the intelligence in their head that somebody like me gets to say, oh, well, the person you're looking for ain't here, but there is somebody here that you... Uh, who will have no problem tangling with you if you start your uh, if you start up with antics. So you know what, you have at it, and I'm out because I don't want to be in the middle of any of that stuff. <laughs> but that's how it usually works. Now, you do if more recent deaths, or if you have people who are still hanging around. Yes, you. As I said before, the investigators are going to get direct responses, and sometimes they're being there 
will draw the attention of the person they're seeking and that person will stop through for a bit and you know but they don't stick around they leave and leave the haunting and and jerkish activities to the people that have taken up residence so it's a bit of a 50 50 and i'm just expounding upon the reason why somebody would not be there and because this is um, a mismatch kind of thing that the paranormal investigators aren't aware of. So, you know, it, um, so anybody who's going to be a paranormal investigator, ghost hunter, needs to be aware that when they go into a property they may not be seeing or running into or hearing or interacting with somebody that they think they are. Even with EVPs, video evidence, and any other evidence you can get, because I think the Connect camera still might be a thing. I had, it's been a while since I've seen that anything with that. So, yes, you do see evidence. But it's kind of like being in the plains of Africa, and this is imagery coming in my head, being in the plains of Africa with a night, uh, with a night vision camera, and there's a bunch of hyenas out in the plains, and you can see them, and you know they're there, but you don't know their individual identities. So that's kind of how it works for paranormal investigators. And it's something they don't necessarily realize because they think they've got what they want and what they need to prove, you know, the, uh, the existence of life after death. Now, I will say that paranormal investigators do a very good job of proving life after death. They bring back very good evidence many times and they bring back convincing evidence that will, in, for, for some people, close a chapter that needed to be closed. And... So wonderful. However, and I'm, I'm just being a little bit of a pedantic when it comes to accuracy because it's kind of like, well, you know, I know about what's really going on and is it my place to point this out to you? No, it's not, it really isn't unless I'm asked. But it gives the, every, you know, you, the viewer of these shows, insight and why sometimes things don't seem to go the way as expected because... You know, they're following the lead, like I said. They have the story, and they're expecting everything to be as close to the story as possible, but sometimes it's not. So, you know, as you go along, watch these shows and just know that sometimes they're talking to the person that they're seeking. Sometimes they're not. And unless there's a psychic medium on site or a sensitive that can pick these things up, they will not know it. And I think that's probably why a lot of these uh, investigators don't, bring along uh, full-on psychics or let the full-on psychics uh, have too much lead because it would just kind of, you know, it would, it would harsh the mellow, so to speak, of what they are doing. It would take the excitement out because it's been revealed. And that's okay because it's, it's like, as with me in my life and I'm sure many other psychics, you get attacked by the other side because especially when you're not aware of who you are and what you can do, so you were a tasty meal for too much crap out there, and you don't want to willingly walk back into a hornet's nest. It's just not a good idea. I mean, if asked, sure, I will. Um, and I've probably, and then my another podcast were about dead filing a home. I can I can do remote seeing. I don't need to be somewhere and experience the energy firsthand. But if somebody were, were to want me to, okay, I would do it. But my God, I would cleanse like a mofo afterwards. So that's you know, my take on it, what, uh, and honestly, the paranormal investigators, they can, t they, they can, they can have it, they can have it, I don't want it, <laughs> so anyway, my personal things are bleeding in here, and I'm going to segue to the next part, 
because um, on the same vein of people overstaying their welcome in a physical location, the living need to understand that they do not have to live with any dead person they do not want to. And here's why. It has to do with the fact that we are in control of our environment. This is our realm they are visiting. They don't have the, um, the right to take over the living's space. They don't have the right to take over a house. They don't have a right to tell the living what to do. They have a home on the other side that looks just like it is here. Now, their attachment to the physical is a problem, yes, but not always. But when it's something that is going to negatively affect the living, they need to go. They need to get lost. They need to get evicted. They need to get cleansed out of the house. I don't care. Now, places that the, you know, the ghost hunters go to don't know this. They think that they have to live with the, um, with the, ha with the haunting. And they sometimes use it as, um, you know, for tourism and income. And to me, that's fine. If somebody, if somebody who's dead is going to turn themselves into a sideshow Bob because they can't let go of the physical, they deserve what happens to them. They're, they're, they're not, they're, that's not their house anymore. That's not their home. They're trying to make something into something it is not. They need to go home to the other side. They can come back and visit. They can hang out. You know, they don't have to, um, they don't have to go away completely, but the attempt to hang on to the physical side of things is just ass. It's a, it's a bad idea. And they will, tr because time is different for them, they will last in a house for a long time, decades even, you know, and, and as I'm saying, sometimes you get people who will hang around for centuries because they are that afraid of going to the other side and going through the light or they've gone to the light, they said, this sucks, I'm going back over here. And nobody can stop them, really. But they don't understand, they do not have the upper hand when they come back to this kind of existence. They can't affect, they can, well, they can affect the physical because they do on a regular basis. It's just not, for me, picking up, uh, I'm okay, I'm, I'm picking up a nail file on my desk. That's easy for me because it's lightweight it's something my hands can grasp and i am sol i'm as solid as this nail file in my hand uh somebody who's dead does not have that same ease does not have the same uh, I, I have seen okay i've seen a, a silver chain be picked up in front of my face silver links not not lightweight by any means get picked up like about by three inches and then dropped and that's the most i have seen somebody who's non-physical do and it was like, hey, you know what? Um, we're trying to tell you we're here and this is real. And oh, let me show somebody this, this, this neat parlor trick I got so I can freak out a living person. And the chain got picked up, held in place, and then let go. It was, uh, I'll, I'll tell the full story probably in another podcast about the physicality if I haven't already. But, you know, so that's about the extent of their ability. And that happened once. The, the, the energy it took for that person to do it again um, was uh, would have taken them a very long time to put together to do it because it's like building muscle for them. They have to build up the ability to find out where the margins are in something and how to pick it up and hold it and just lift it. So why is somebody who's dead, who can't affect the physical level here, the physical layer, why are they hanging out here? You know, they don't need to be and they shouldn't. 
Uh, but sometimes you do get some people who are happy to live with the, who stick, stick around in the residence with the living and not affect them and not mess with them. You won't know they're there and they work around you. So in that regards, you know, that's their problem. It's not yours. They're not making it your problem. So you just kind of live and let live because, you know, you really don't know somebody's there, right? So it, it's a little symbiotic and they will leave when they are ready and you don't have to tell them to go because they with they will go because and you don't even know they're there they've been there much less gone but when you have negative people who are just so miserable that they keep burrowing down and doubling down and sticking in that crappy situation and crappy mindset crappy um existence and do not want to leave because they feel that this is their dominion this is their what they're going to do this is what they need to do and this is how they're this is how they're going to live their afterlife and they're going to screw with the living and make the life life of the living miserable they need to go period you don't have to entertain somebody who's a jerk in your home who's dead just because you can't see them doesn't mean you can you should ignore them it doesn't mean that you can't get rid of them and it doesn't mean that you should think that you have to settle down and live with them because there's nothing you can do. You absolutely can get rid of these people. You can tell them to, you know, you can get if holy water. You don't even need to feel, have religion to go get a bottle of holy water from the font at the local Catholic church and spread it around. You, it, because you don't need the, the, the belief is not for you. It's not yours. It is to, because the faith that goes behind the holy water is so strong that it acts like, you know, a nuclear bomb to the dead. Not quite that extreme. It doesn't dissolve them, but it makes it really hard for them to stick around when they've got the, when the big jujus, they got the attention rather of the big jujus and, uh, you know, they, they, they will get, uh, taken out if, and kicked out by other entities other than the living once the attention's been put on them. And it's, it's just not something that the living need to entertain and deal with. Because we have our lives to live. We have things to do. We don't need to have our lives distracted by the dead who are not well-intentioned towards us. They, those jerks, they can go be a jerk elsewhere. Not in your house. Not in your life. You know, and you just gotta get rid of them and get them gone. Um, now... That is for people, that is a general idea of, of well, a, a, how do I, more like a statement. Why we don't li want to live with the dead in our house unless they're family and family, if it's good family. And why we want them around to keep an eye on things when we can't or to help us out in their way that they can. Which is, you know, another, um, it's another story for another time. But the dead can, the dead don't have, how do I put it? They're not barred from visiting us. They're not barred from helping us. They're just, the way that they help us is not in ways we would recognize because they're working on a completely different field and level, plane, what have you, than we are when it comes to help. So they can't open up their wallets and hand you a $100 bill when you need to pay, you know, when you're short or you're about to lose your car or something. But they can find ways to put money in your path. It's just up to you to take the opportunity when it's there. So that's kind of why you want to not, you know, when you have good people around, you won't even know they're around. And you, but you don't need to go looking for them either because they are still doing what they do, what they would do for you in life, which is helping you when they can, if they were helpers in life and, you know, they were family and they took care of you. 
they'll still do it the way the best way they can the negative people will not they will make your life miserable they will do crap that is antisocial. Um, you know, like I've, I don't know how many stories I've heard of people always, you know, they get up in the morning and find all the doors and drawers in their kitchen have been opened up and pulled out. That's not somebody you want living with you. It's, it's not a harmless prank because the more they figure out how to do this stuff, that's the more physical they are becoming and learning how to affect your life. You need to get them onto somewhere else, move them over, whatever, you know, light sage, cleanse your house with sage, uh, or get sage incense and burn it. Burn it white. Burn white candles. Um, put candles in front of mirrors to reflect the light and make it more expansive. If you feel that you just the person is just misguided or whatever, white salt on your windows and uh, door doorways. And it's a lot of work if you got a lot of windows, but it's it's good to do it. And if you really want to disrupt the 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 guy the uh, MF or you know I'm getting that in my head the word in my head. Uh, if you want to disrupt in black salt, you can get black salt and um, spread that around, and that is really uncomfortable. In case, and that's usually reserved when you have somebody you really want gone, or somebody isn't taking the hint and keeps returning. So you, black salt will sap them and make it harder for them to a come in, b do anything in your house, and c make them give up. So. I usually do prescriptives for people, um, you know, for who, who need help and I have people who are from Reddit and listening to me and have, and have gone through my post history will see that I've done that. And I've done, you know, I, I will probably do a podcast at some point for a general overview of prescriptives and how to mix and match them and turn them into something. For those who are looking for help but are, are, don't know how to ask for it or, or are afraid to ask it. In the meantime, the, the moral of the story here is these places that have these long-term hauntings shouldn't, but because there's an economic factor involved, uh, sometimes they don't cleanse or they've been cleansed and the cleansing fades and the people come back or there's, again, the, um, the nature abhors a vacuum. Somebody comes in to fill the space because the last uh, resident asshole has left. You know, it's, um, it, there's any number of reasons, the same as it is on our side, for why we do the things we do, and the dead have the same reasons. They just don't like leaving the physical plane in many cases, and don't want to let go of the life that they had, and they liked life, basically. And the other side isn't meeting their needs for whatever reason, maybe because there's still too many friends and family who are living. Maybe the people on the other side they don't want to engage with. They don't know how to handle it. They think they're going to hell. They don't. Um, they're. They don't want. Uh, they're not getting satisfaction uh, from the other side. And you know, there's any number of reasons, same as we do, for them to to come around here and haunt. So, you know, take it as you you know take it as you will. But then again, as I mentioned before in the last one, insane asylums and sanatoriums and stuff like that. Those people, a lot of times, don't realize that they're dead. And moving them on, people don't think to move them on. Sometimes they know they're dead and they want a revenge on the living, like I've said. Again, you know, I don't know just sidetracking to address that because I know, because I remembered about that as I was talking. You know, there's just, 
ultimately what it comes down to their reasons are their reasons but for the living do you really need to know their story it's totally up to you but and when it comes to them making your life miserable their story doesn't matter the, their actions matter more and you can't forgive them you can't cut them slack because if you do they keep coming back and making your life shittier and shittier get rid of them and your life gets better they don't bother you anymore and you don't have to deal with it and I as my opening story about my uncle you know he was making my life miserable I wasn't going to take it I kicked him out I'm not looking at somebody who's dead and thinking that they're a wonderful angel now they're not they're still the same person they were when they were alive I don't need to deal with their crap they didn't need to in life that's why I didn't why should I do it now so that is the attitude that people need to look at, look through the dead at, the negative dead, not the positive dead or the neutral dead, the negative ones, the ones that want to make our lives, you know, they want to piss on our, piss on our cereal kind of stuff. So on that note, I'm getting to the end of my thread mental train, thread and mental train, excuse me. So until the next time, and I will actually next, I promise the next one will be about EVPs and how they work and how the living facilitate EVP because the living absolutely do make EVPs work better. And um, we'll, um, we'll I'll discuss how that is, how it's a valid method of connecting to the dead for those who are not sensitive and want to figure these things out and how to understand and know when somebody's faking it because there are a lot of people out there who have made their bones as it were on EVP and they weren't legit and they're still doing it and it's once you spot it you'll never unsee it so that, uh, again that'll be for the next episode and until then I hope everybody's uh, staying well staying free and clear of the virus and doing what they're supposed to do to stay safe and not losing their beans in the meantime, because I know the longer this goes on, the more uptight it gets. So don't feel guilty if you have to go for a walk in the, the state parks or something. Just stay distant. You'll be safe. I promise. Just kidding. Anyway, on that note, it's time for me to hit the stop button on this and uh, get it up for tomorrow, I think. You all take care, be well, and thanks again for listening. And also... One last thing. I will be eventually putting these podcasts up on YouTube as static videos so I can organize more readily and make these a little more easier for people to go back and refer to by categories, categorization, excuse me. So that's coming soon as soon as I um, sit down long enough with editing software and can get this to hmm, work. Yeah. That's the sound of me being real confident there. All right, take care, be well, and once again, thank you.